0: Welcome back to another episode of Zijunto. I am Steven, and this is Nash, Brian, and David. Hello, hello. Um, Greetings. It's been a minute since we've been together, so we are, uh, and we didn't read a book. We took a break. Everybody was traveling, had a lot going on. Summer, summer's over, so now we are back in business. So uh, we thought we would kind of get together and... Give a couple points, share some things that we did read. None of us read the same thing. We're going to go over that and then just kind of give our thoughts and opinions. And then we're going to read. Um, we'll kind of be back on schedule for next month. So without further ado, um, who wants to go first? I'm just looking for the ride.
1: Oh. Thank you to our sponsor, Long Drink, the Finnish legend of 1952.
0: Yes, Indeed. who wants to go first? I can start
2: out with an easy little book called the go giver. Heard of it. Oh yeah. I have heard of it. Yes. I have not heard of that one. Yeah. It's a great little book. It's a real popular business book. Uh, It's an easy read. It's, it's, um, it's, it's, if you've ever heard the Zig Ziglar quote, you can get everything you want. If you'll help enough people get what they want. It's Mm -hmm. basically that. I don't think that quote's not used in this book, but it's, it's basically that concept and it's written, it's one of those books like uh, Mondays with Maury or Monday morning mentoring where it's a, it's uh, the the way they do it is the, there's a guy who's struggling with business and he meets this older, wiser mentor and he goes and meets with him every day and has all these epiphanies and learns a lesson every day. And it's a great book. I would highly recommend it. Uh, it's a good one to do like in a, in a team meeting type atmosphere where you guys all read it and talk about it. Okay. Um, But uh, really good. I would recommend easy read, maybe 120 pages or something like that. Did you say who it's by? It is by Bob Berg and John David Mann. Okay. The Go-Giver. The Go-Giver. A little story about a powerful business idea.
1: I'll second that. Really easy, nice read. Good story. One to kind of go back to every once in a while.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: I also read a nice, light read. I don't know if y'all ever heard of it. It's called The Communist Manifesto. That sounds like a oh, uh, written that is by nice. Karl Marx and Frederick Ingalls. Um, not really much to say about this book besides um, Karl Marx comes across as a little whiny bitch. And um, also everything he predicted came out to be totally false. So <laughs> not That's always quite nice. sure why he has so many followers, but um, I, I know Nash read this one back in the day. Um, it's not a fun read. A lot of, Big, confusing words, and um, very boring, Hmm. and obviously not the way that we think, Um, but I did want to read it to kind of just see what it was about. I was kind of a little concerned, because I was reading it when we were in Europe, and I'm, like, sitting on the train, and I have got this book, and I'm like, someone's going to come up and punch
3: me (laughs) in the face. (laughs) Um, You're in Europe. It's okay.
1: Yeah. So, anyway, um, stupid book, stupid man. Um, Glad it's failing everywhere. What did you think, Nash? Is it failing? I... I'm pretty sure
0: that well, it has I think not been successful anywhere. I mean, AOC is a big fan. Most Love people her. who
3: say they're big fans haven't actually read the book.
0: Yeah. And Are you saying AOC can't read?
3: I would never <clears throat> accuse her. Well, I'd probably accuse her of that. But no, nah, I, I would would shock me to see if she's actually read the Communist Manifesto. She
2: was a really good bartender, I heard.
3: <laughs> Very really good.
1: Spin those drinks.
2: <laughs>
1: yeah. Nash, any other thoughts on the Communist Manifesto? I know you're a big fan. Yeah.
3: (laughs) It was... I mean, it was up there with Mein Kampf. Like, it's just one of those that, like... I think a lot of people quote it and talk about it, and it's not... It was dumb. It was late late German philosophy. Like, late 19th century German philosophy. It's super dark, super fucked up, and not fun reading. Like, it's just... It's it's very dry. It's very... Yeah, like aristocracy hates us. That's and that's it. But like, it's also completely different. Like that was a different time.
1: That's why, like, I will, like, that's the only thing I'll say is like, when I say he comes off as a little whiny bitch, like we we don't know how things were back then. It was obviously very different. But that's the way that he does come off. Is just like, oh, everything's against us, and like we. Well, can't, like, it was. It, I like, understand.
3: It, it, like, it was. set it was a up different that different time. Way. Like, right? If you take crony capitalism, which we see today, and put that on steroids, that's what you. I mean. Think about how all of the richest people back then, like it was all just uber, uber wealthy and then everybody else.
1: Yeah, make sure you're on the right side of that.
3: Yeah.
0: I think we should give it a try, personally. <laughs> <clears throat> I don't know about you guys, but as the veteran in the group, I think that's what I fought for is communism.
2: for against mm-hmm.
0: no, no, I was kind of hoping that we would lose <laughs> and that we could in you know enact the communist manifesto. Maybe a lot sometime. more in
3: taxes, so have fun with that
0: yes. <laughs> fun oh, to the government. scary
1: thought on that. I know we've got two money books. this is not from one of the books, but speaking of the taxes, I just read a totally terrifying statistic last night with inflation and with the rates going up, <clears throat> is that by 2030 our current debt load that we're going to hit servicing our $30 trillion loan that we have outstanding as a country, our current budget is going to be 100% allocated towards that debt load by 2030. Mm-hmm. So,
2: I mean, we've been on that trajectory. Yeah. For a long time. Our entire
1: budget will have to be allocated toward that debt load. Mm-hmm. I think taxes are headed upwards, just a guess.
0: Mm. So Say
1: like what? 100%. <laughs> Hundred percent. It's going to be fun. We don't have a great track record of decreasing spending, so no. We'll see.
0: Well, that's fun. On that hot hot note, Nash, did you read it all, or did you just turn your brain uh, off for two turn, straight months? Turn the
3: brain off for a little while. No, uh, I started never split the difference again. We talked about that one, uh, but I think we did we cover that in the podcast. We have not. Mm-mm. No, did me and we, you, you. Yes, because we read it. I don't know. Did we? I think it was
0: before we the, before did it the on podcast? the podcast. Okay. We definitely did it. As yeah, a dude. we read that
3: a long time ago. Yeah. Um, I don't like that one. Just another one to pick up. It's awesome. Great again. book. Yeah. Great book. Interesting on negotiations and all that from a, is he's it, it FBI or yeah, FBI. FBI. FBI, FBI uh, hostage negotiator. Mm-hmm. Super interesting. Yeah. And
2: just a good read. Apart yeah, from the lessons, just, yeah, entertaining read. His stories and situations he was in. Yeah. Pretty interesting. Did you use those tactics in your recent deal that you closed? Nope, not at all. Mm. Man
1: so i had just finished that book when i bought my house three and a half years ago my first like really big real estate purchase and i was jacked up i was ready to go i'm like i'm gonna get this guy i ran into a attorney (laughs) slash (laughs) engineer who also owned multiple pieces of real estate and good lord and he had his way with you he took me to (laughs) town He was like Brian's son with Costco knives. <laughs> Cutco. All Cut I think comb. of is Costco. Sorry. <laughs> Wheeling a deal in ninja.
0: Nice. So um, I don't know why you guys have like five books. I read, um, I read like three or four, but most of them are fly fishing books. So what I like to do Please is when, tell us more. <laughs> yeah, I, know, yeah. <laughs> I was going to make you guys, can't wait. I was going to have like 10 points on just fly fishing things, but uh, hey, let me get a pencil and I some decided paper. to change it. So essentially what I like to do is like after reading like real books or adulting for a little while, I like to take a break <laughs> from adulting and just read like straight hobby stuff. Um, I'm not into like nonfiction books. And so I just started reading. I found some books on, and actually one of them is frighteningly, Large on uh, dry fly fishing and um, different ways of nymph fishing. (laughs) It's a little dry.
1: Dry fly fishing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. This is going to be
0: means it floats on the water. I don't really have anything to say other than it is insane. It's kind of fascinating how much time and effort, especially this guy. This is like the Bible of dry fly fishing. It's like a 300-page book on just like one type or style of fishing, fly fishing. And he went, like, he spent hours, like, days and days scuba diving in rivers, and they would run tests of, like, what flies got what kind of reactions from trout inside rivers. I mean, like, the most incredibly detailed thing, it is mind-blowing, so... Uh, just the amount of time as far as that goes. Uh, it was, it's still, I mean, for someone who fly fishes a lot, I definitely would, if you like it, like fly fishing, it was, it's fascinating, but I'm only like halfway through it. It's, I don't even know how you get that big. Probably going to pass on that one. Well, you don't fly fish, but, um, those were all good. So the other one that I did read, uh, there was one other one that was like a decent, like a real book. And then I read, uh, they call me coach by John Wooden. Mm. Was that good? It is. I'm almost done. I actually kind of forgot that I had like a few chapters left. So, so it's great. It is really good. Kind of. Uh, I hate <laughs> basketball. Mm-hmm. So he does spend a lot of time kind of talking about like his players and like some of the stuff. It's just a lot of basketball stuff in there. What a lot of X's and O's. I couldn't stuff. give a shit less about his yeah. basketball. But, like, the overlying theme and, like, even inside that, it's really cool. Um, like, just the stuff he says, like, his uh, approach to coaching, his approach to coaching young men, his standards, uh, holding them accountable, and then his ability and willingness to adapt based off the talent he had. So, he's very his, – his people management was insane, and I think that's truly what made him such an amazing coach was he was willing and able to see, okay, I've got these. And he talks about it in the book. He's like, well, I've got these five players and based off their size and speed and quickness, well, this guy's really good at this, this, and this and it's all about the team concept and how do they fit best in the team. And uh, they took him a little bit and how, you know, how to look at our failures and dissect those and really hold himself accountable. It's a really, I, I mean, even if you manage people, I think it's still a, a good book to read. If you like basketball, it's probably a great book to read. If you like basketball and you manage people, um, it's a little more basketball heavy than I thought it would be. But it is still really cool to see just the way he builds his teams and the why and all the things he puts together. Because he's just like – I mean, so he had Le- – um, I almost said LeBron James. Um, I don't even – he keeps calling his real name. Kareem um, Abdul-Jabbar. <clears throat> he keeps calling him. He calls Kareem. him Alcinder. But he said "Cream was and like how just insanely good he was and how all that was. He's like, so we basically changed everything because we had this guy who was so good at all this stuff. So we, we formed our defense and offense around it. And the second he leaves, he completely changes everything they do. Like he's not sold or set on like, hey, I do this thing. This is the kind of basketball we play. He's like, no, I've got these five or six, seven dudes. I've always thought so we're college
3: – coaches are always super fascinating for that very reason. I mean, be it football, basketball. Basketball maybe a little bit more so just because it's so much more dynamic and you only have five players on the court. But, like, do you think, like, football coaches, those guys get a roster, like, oh, they want all these guys, but they get them for two, three, mm-hmm. maybe four years. Mm-hmm. Like, Yeah. And then all of a sudden you have new guys, and it's like, oh, your strength may have just shifted from offensive line to now you have great running backs. And go. Yep. Like, have fun with that. <clears throat> and that's why I've always thought like basketball coaches too. I mean any any college sport that like turnover rate of having mm-hmm. to adapt on the fly every 2 to 3 years that's kind of insane to think about.
2: Yeah. It's like Texas A&M getting Johnny Manziel just as they went to the yeah. SEC and they had the smallest line. I mean they they would have I think had very little chance of competing in that league without catching lightning in the bottle at that exact time. Yep. And so they built their offense around that and then a couple of years later beat Alabama. It's pretty amazing. Disagree. Totally
0: mm-hmm. <laughs> <Always Alabama>. disagree. <laughs> so so what was your biggest leadership <laughs>
1: takeaway from the book?
0: Uh, man, I would say his... Um, <clears throat> man, I don't know. It's his his ability to look at somebody's t- like looking at his team's strengths and weaknesses <clears throat> and then putting them together. So what I've thought about is like really being able to sit down and say like, how can you, cause we don't have quite the turnover they do. Well, hopefully you don't have quite the turnover you, yeah, you don't want that he want does every turnover, two to three but years, yeah. but um, being able to but identify what people have, like their true. What are you really good at? And then adapting what they do every day to Make that work for the best of the business. So if you're you've got three, four salespeople, you know how can is there a way to kind of change or you know alter what they do every day or service or whatever his and his willingness to not just get set on hey this is how we do it we're going to run the same process we're going to do the same thing every time and if you either you fit in it and it's or if you don't fit in it it's your problem. If he hired or you know if he had somebody a player that was really good at certain things. You know, it. He found a way to alter and move and change the team, just tweak everything enough that it it brought the strengths out of everybody, so that they could play the best as a team. And so that's the only thing I can think of that was just really cool, and it's made me think a lot of like, how can I look at my employees and kind of alter what they do to a degree? And like he says too, he's he's not changing like vastly changing everything, but he is changing stuff, and he doesn't. You know, you got to play with what the ten, what you have, and that's essentially what. That's probably one of my biggest takeaways. Is just, I guess, not that like what is it? The humility. The mm-hmm. I mean, he's not really he's not so stubborn to where he's like, no, this is what we do. We won three championships in a row, so we're just going to keep doing this shit. How many titles like, no, did I he end up
1: winning? Eleven.
0: Yeah, I think it's ten or eleven.
1: Looks like that book was written while he was still coaching, so may not be complete.
2: But I thought my, I thought you know one of the hallmarks of John Wooden is I mean he was a big. Old school coach in the sense of he was a big character first guy, right? First it's about having good character and being a good human being and not just being not, not being a good athlete at all costs, but being a good human and then being a good athlete, right?
0: Oh, absolutely. So he held like really high standards. Long haired hippies. And it was legitimately no long haired hippies. He if you came in, he I just like this last chapter he was talking about it and ten it didn't matter. National championship. Mm-hmm. So he said he had ten. Ten. They had one day they would come and get all their equipment and they when they got there, they all knew that everybody weren't allowed to have any kind of facial hair. Everything everybody had to be clean shaven and a reasonably short haircut. And him and him alone was the only judge on what was reasonably short. Mm -hmm. And so he said he's like every once in a while I'd have some like stars or whoever would come in and kind of, you know, test the limits. He's like, I remember I had two big players, like I'm not even gonna say their name, but they were very, very good. And the anchors of our team, and they came in with mustaches and sideburns that were too long. And he said, and he said, and for him, I think it was—I swear—he was just a just a lead, like a dominant. Yeah. You got it. You're gonna. I'm the coach. So he said, uh, what did he told him? He said, look, you have uh, 20 minutes to decide whether or not you want to play on this team or not. And they were like, what? And he goes, you know exactly what I'm talking about. The (laughs) razors in the trainer's office. (laughs) And he said he waited, and then he's like, within 10 to 15 minutes, they were. Shaved, and they were like, I guess one of them was like, you know, if you kicked me off this team, you'd be crucified. And he was like, "Are you willing to find out?" (laughs) (laughs) And so he did. He did, and then I guess he said one of them later was like, "Would you really have kicked me off the team?" He's like, "I guess you'll never really know." (laughs) (laughs) And yes, and so (laughs) probably would have, like, absolutely. And so
2: he was the inspiration for Steinbrenner to do that at the Yankees, really, which they have maintained to this day long after Steinbrenner was gone. But you still can't have facial hair, and you still can't have long hair. Wow.
0: Really? At the Yankees. Yeah, yeah, I guess that's true. I, huh. did, I didn't realize that. Yeah. yeah. I didn't either, but I guess I know, I've never thought about it. Is that, that yeah. why Damon changed?
1: Yes. That's the guy. I did not yeah. even realize that. Yep.
2: Wow. <laughs> yeah. Look, 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 watch a baseball game with the Yankees in it, and it's yeah. pretty striking how all-American, yeah. clean-cut, yeah. you know, oh, they are. Especially nowadays with all – I mean, everybody in baseball has – Freaking long hair, like, and mullets, and and mullets, mullets, mullets and mullet. facial hair, <laughs> mullet and so thing, man. It's even more striking. It's now. Hilarious.
0: The uh, I think the last thing with him was that was cool was I don't know if it's my biggest takeaway, but his ability to um, manipulate uh, their emotions and kind of guide their emotions because he and he says a lot. He's like, look, I mean, some of them are he wanted people he loved, loved players that were really smart and that he that would argue with them all the time because they knew the game. They were super competitive. They really hated not playing. And he's like, some of the hardest kids that I, the hardest times I had were some of my best players because he's like, I wanted those personalities that were, would challenge me. And he's like, but eventually like they would fall in line. He's like, but those kind of personalities, like, they want to lead. They want to take control. They want the ball. They want, like, all these things. He's like, so it was – and then so he tells a story about a guy, and he gets really mad and because he didn't play him or put him out when he thought he should or something. And so he said they had a face-to-face altercation in the game, like, on the side of the court. And he said he told him because he took him out, and he was playing, like, crap. And he basically was like, you go sit down, and then you come back to me when you feel like – when you're ready to actually play basketball. And so he sat down and he said he just sat there for a while and he came back. He's like, he came back like he was about to murder me, <laughs> staring at me in the eyes. And he said, he comes back. He's like, I'm ready to play. He's like, okay. So he's like, so I said, okay, now go sit down until I tell you to get up. <laughs> 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 and he said he did. And he played his, the best baseball or basketball game he's ever played. Wow. His second half was like insane. He's like, he played out of his mind from that point on. <laughs> it's just stuff like that is so cool to yeah. just, you know, have that's
1: that. Interesting. You don't hear. A lot about that with coaches you just don't that's not reported on much is the manipulation mm-hmm. and i mean i've always known this the greatest coach that i've ever been associated with was a master manipulator i mean he had us drinking the kool-aid on day one and the stuff he did to get you i mean straight up brainwashed us mm-hmm. but you would have done whatever i mean if you had a broken leg there you were not slowing down mm-hmm. and i swear to you to this day He's never admitted it. But one night we had a big rival and we were in practice. And when we came out, our cars had been vandalized.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: I swear to God, he did it. (laughs) I swear to God, he paid someone to come vandalize our cars and write that other team shit all over them (laughs) to fire us up. And good God, we wanted to go kill this. And we did. Right. (laughs) So like unbelievable how much you can get out of people by, the manipulation and it can come off as a negative thing, but as far as getting results, like, but I think that wow. also
3: has its limits to though. Oh, absolutely. And I think that's why coaches like Nick Saban, when they move from college where they have like dictatorial power over their players, to the nfl where a receiver can be like no screw off dude i'm making 70 million dollars go fuck yourself like no i'm not i'm not coming in to eat breakfast at eight o'clock in the morning like i will come in to eat breakfast when i want to come in and eat breakfast like i'm a professional just like you and i think that's where you kind of see that shift is when they have like complete authority over you of like yeah go shave your hair what professional level Right. I mean, I guess the Yankees, yeah. That, like, yeah, that, that's kind of, that is, right. a, but that's also kind of, that's why, that's why, like, that's why that's wild. It's not even how many big name players they've had come in there like, okay, yeah, we'll do it. But. Yeah.
0: Well, he's also the guy that's, it's not even the coach or the, G, the manager that is enforcing it, right? It's the owner. Yeah, that's the owner. So that's like Jerry Jones saying it. It's like. Right, although dude, i guess you, you are yeah, the that, one that signs the checks like, yes damn. like that that right.
1: is you bid yeah. your, you your knee quite a bit for uh <laughs> yeah a y- hundred y- like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. like i'm the one that pays you do you want that Excuse check or not yeah. And yeah.
3: They,
2: but they've not gotten some players over the years too just yeah. said no i'm not doing that
1: hey steven i don't know if you've kept up on your pc culture but you're not allowed to say owners anymore so if you could Check your language, thank you.
0: Oh, God, I'm so sorry. I didn't realize Check that. your My, language. What, do we, what are they now? What are we supposed to call them now? Stakeholders. Um, team
1: <laughs> operators? Operators. I think that's fine. Owner, okay. Owner crosses the line, though. You're right.
0: Thank Until you. it's not. I deeply apologize to all of our zero listeners that <laughs> I said that. Um, all right, yeah, that's that's what I got, man. Uh, well, I see on the manipulation thing, I do think that it is, it's different when... I think the line is if yeah. you actually care. Because I think he genuinely cared True. about yeah. his Well,
3: like, and I think Saban does voice. too. Like I, like, I think those, co- like, the really great coaches, they're not just, right. they're not just dicks. Right. Like, at the end of the day, like, their players know that they go to bat for them. Like, that, yeah. there is that, like, mutual respect there. So, like, yeah, absolutely. But I think you look at college coaches, and that probably is the one advantage they do have. It is kind of just the word of God. Like, oh,
0: absolutely. It, I it mean, is you're, this, you're or with, you are not playing in you your scholarships. done. Yeah, right? yeah I mean, like, you,
3: yeah, like there's
0: absolutely it's a different approach. It's a di- you can't manipulate the same way by yeah. any means. Yes, David.
1: Oh, we're good. I just was gonna signal him since I've oh. got four books over here, I don't want him to be out. Um,
0: <clears throat> <clears throat> That's fine. I'm just gonna edit most of yours off, but greater you
1: than yourself by Steve Farber. Um, he's also the guy that wrote the radical leap. So this one was kind of like the go giver is that it's a story book and they're essentially anecdotal principles through a story. Look at you. That was impressive. Mm -hmm. Look Um, at us. Look at us. The story, parts of it, you know, slightly corny, um, as you can imagine, but, um, it's good and it lands. And the note that I wrote about it, the whole concept of the book can be summed up pretty simply. And it's, make yourself as skilled as possible so that you can share your gifts with others and do everything you can to bring them to the next level. So you cannot be a leader and give back to others if you are not pouring into yourself first. Mm. Right. So, and the concept Mm. that I love about the book was tie the percentage of your time to people just like you do with money. So interesting. A big part of it was this person trying to understand how to be a better leader because they're struggling. They don't have time to go there. They were a mother, a boss at work. And like, how do I go do all these extra things? And the concept was simple, which is tie the small percentage of your time, right? The church doesn't ask for half of your paycheck. It asks for what, 10 or 15%? 10%. 10%, right? Do the exact same thing with your time and take that person under your wing and give that to them. And it was, it actually was pretty powerful message in a corny little story. So, uh, greater than yourself. This was another very quick, simple read with a pretty strong message.
2: Sounds kind of like the whole uh, put put your air mask on first Absolutely. before you try to put it on somebody else. Absolutely,
1: it's not it's it's not you being self centered by focusing on improving yourself. If you do that, to then turn around and empower mm-hmm. others.
2: Interesting. Mm-hmm. I haven't heard of that one.
1: Me either. Um, it was sitting in my library and I uh, just randomly grabbed it. But I'm glad mm-hmm. I did. It was good, great leadership book.
0: Good. It's weird. I used to know a kid named Stephen Farber. Mm-hmm. Did you call him
1: Carter?
3: Really? F- far- no, Farber. we were
0: like the same age. Farber, same as that. Spell. So like, same we used to laugh. As... It's like we were the upside down world of each other. Yeah, it's yeah, like, it like a homogram. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like what? Huh. Anyway, hmm. it's not him. I don't think. Unless he wrote a book and he never told me. You should follow up.
3: What you got next? Okay, so this, a is a, <laughs> this
2: is a big book. And it's that big enough a, I haven't finished it. I'm about a fourth of the way through it. It's a paperweight and a half. Right it's, a, it's a big one. It's 600 pages called The Creature from Jekyll Island. That's
3: a doorstop.
2: So, this is a book about the Federal Reserve, how it was created, and the role it plays in uh, the financial system which I was kind of interested in uh, the whole topic of the Fed. You know, remember back Ron Paul, who was a congressman from Texas, who he was the big champion of auditing the Fed. We need to audit the Fed. They've never been audited. And and, and I sort of got intrigued with where's this coming from? And, you know, you, you, you pick up on if you listen to podcasts and things that there is this sort of anti-Fed sentiment that the Fed's out to destroy mm-hmm. America and it's <clears throat> the great evil in America. And as i've read more about it i do understand where some of that comes from but I, then i also see the side that the fed has it's, you know we haven't had a great depression yeah. since the fed was
3: there's a good reason for it
2: created right yeah. i mean they do they haven't gotten everything right but i think they've managed a lot of really nasty situations
3: pretty there's well a, there's a lot of balance of power there that needs to be checked
2: yeah and 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 so this book is is definitely an it's in the, it's an anti fed book right Um, but it's very educational. It's very instructive. If you want to, you know, I learned a lot of things about, I didn't know the fed is really not, it's called the federal reserve, but it's really not a federal institution. It's a private institution. So just things like that. And it was Mm. the, the genesis of it was, was, was a cabal of wealthy bankers like JP Morgan and and those guys back in the day who conceived this thing. And the anti-fed theory is it was conceived to protect the rich, uh, yeah. The Uber wealthy, the Rockefeller uber wealthy, was a part of it. Rockefeller. Yes. Was oh, part yeah. of it. I've heard about and, some uh, of that. And, and it, and I mean, it is an interesting, it's an interesting tale. Some of it, it, so it combines really some, um, you know, smoke filled room kind of history. That's pretty interesting with, um, you know, some kind of heavy duty financial stuff, but told in a way that is, um, it's a good story. It's a good yarn and it, and it's relatively easy to follow. And I think I'll actually finish it, but, uh, yeah, it'd be I'm gonna be really intrigued to see what conclusions I have about the thing once it's over.
0: Let us know. Have any of at y'all the end of the year. not
1: finished a book? You just said you think you'll finish it. Dude. Oh yeah. Can oh, you all yeah. can y'all just stop reading a book? Yeah.
0: Oh yeah. I um with ADHD, absolutely. sir, I can stop anything <laughs> in the middle of it and yeah. never think about it again. I'm a great book starter.
3: I've never been able to do that. Oh yeah. I will almost always finish a book, but yeah, I mean there are times especially like some like these, if I get i guess that came more from like being a history major when you read a lot of like historic the communist manifesto yeah you pick up on the thesis and it's like okay i get what you're saying right we're we're done here i don't need like i I get yes finishing it but the some of the books especially the self-help ones were like the one thing (laughs) it's like i get it i get it gary i get what you're doing here like it's one thing all right got it (laughs) check I don't need to read that 15 fucking times. Like I, I got it after the this first 12 you know,
1: magazine article.
3: Yeah. You <laughs> yeah know, like, you know. <laughs> <laughs> we could have wrapped this one up in the first chapter, Gary, great examples, loved yeah. all of them, but uh. I get it. Uh, you're driving the point home. I'm there. I'm with you. I agree. I'm done. Like, so that's, inter-
1: I mean, that's a humongous book and it's about the federal reserve, which seems like a pretty boring topic, but it's, it's a pretty entertaining read.
2: It is. It's well-written. Um, and and he just he tells the story in a way that uh, you want to you want to finish each chapter you want to see where the chapter ends okay. and that's the key for me to get through a book it's yeah. not laborious
0: most of the time if I start a book and I don't finish it it's usually because I it's mainly because of this like I have a book that I am gonna read for or I need to like actually read so I'll start like a, a chapter just to kind of get a feel <laughs> for it I'm like oh yeah I need to read that and then sometimes like i walk by it one day, 12 months later, and I'm like, oh, shit. I forgot yeah. I even had that book. Dang it. I need to read it. So that's usually how it starts. Yeah. looks
1: good. I should read that. I rarely oh, wait, m- I have.
0: don't finish <laughs> yeah. a book because I decided not to finish it. It's right, because yeah, I moved on to something yeah, else and, yeah, yeah. and lost interest in yeah. that book. Um, did you know it was that many pages when you bought it?
2: No, I didn't. And it's kind of hard to find. You're not going to find it at Barnes & I had to order it online and have it. And not for, it wasn't yeah. from Amazon because I, it's
3: anti-fed.
2: Exactly. Huh. Yeah, this Isn't that is interesting? That's so
3: weird. The man to me. doesn't want you uh, hell, to have some that. Some books book. are so hard to get your it's, hands on.
2: I'm it right is. Into why is those. that the case, right? Why is this book not on Amazon <laughs> and hard to get? Strange. I mean, I think I paid <laughs> 40 uh, it's almost for it.
3: like Jeff Bezos wouldn't want you to have. Almost that book. right. What's yeah, uh, yeah, it's what's the book? At, uh, shocking. Alice
2: Shrugged.
0: That one's not been a super easy one for me to best get, book, like all of them. I haven't. Really? Best, yeah, the movies are really hard to find. Best book I've ever read. I agree. Atlas Shrugged, so my I, favorite book. That's Nothing's one sec- profound. I think I've If they could get rid of
1: the speech, Jesus Christ, if they could just edit the speech. In what? The movie or the book? The book. It's like 90 pages. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Don't. It's been a while since I read it. Oh, you need to go back. <laughs> The, the whole book is perfection, I except remember the love for the
2: scenes being a little bit Ugh. long, too. So like
0: this I book. I they were fine. <laughs> there's a couple of them that I, I bought oh, recently.
1: My wife may have been pregnant during that time. It's not a big
0: deal. One of them <laughs> was uh, philosophy books that I bought thinking they were, they had been referenced like a hundred times. So I was like, I'm going to buy this book. And I can't even think of it. It's over in my old shelves over there but um i bought it and i was like so i saw the picture of it and i got it and i sent a picture to nash because he had read it in school and uh, i was like tuckum what's that guy oh name? yeah <laughs>
3: yes by whatever oh God. it's basically
0: a frenchman he is french right frenchman yeah. that comes yeah. to the united states i don't and think he it's you can like, say that Tocqueville. anymore Tocqueville. Tocqueville. I, don't th- I don't think you can say frenchman earthman frogs. it was an earthman frogs they came on <laughs> <laughs> And he can't uh, even say man anymore, Francis. really. Nice. <laughs> yeah, French oh, person, Earthling. <laughs> <laughs> so there's one Earthling that came over from a different parts of Earth, and so he comes over, and it's like during the I don't even know uh, 19 early 19th Alexis
3: de Tocqueville. Okay, and
0: so he, democracy. In are you talking America. about Democracy in America yeah. by de Tocqueville? Yep. Yeah. Oh yeah, it's a great book. So I <laughs> I buy it. And I did not know it's like 800 pages long, at least the one that I have, because it's a smaller one. There's a, there's a shorter version. AF. Then I need to find that. There's one. a shorter <laughs> version. That, Dude, this thing yeah. was massive. And then I bought another one that was by somebody else. And it's also, I'm like, my God. Renee's like, are you going to read all these? It's like, I mean, at some point I'm going to read them, but that's like a, it was, it's another 800 page. And I'm like, good Lord.
2: Yeah. Yeah. From what I understand, that de Tocqueville book was. A real powerful shaper of, um, of the world's opinion of what America looked like you mm-hmm. know it was before yeah. TV before yeah. the internet, he came over and described America to the world and democracy and like democracy what, what, like what to the that world was because that was a new concept yeah well, relatively new and it was hugely influential
0: and most of everything he says is very positive mm-hmm. yeah um, oh yeah and like every president's used has quoted him and it was the reason I remember when I finally I bought it, I had read about it a lot I seen that dude's name in that book and he um it was uh Shapiro Ben Shapiro Ben Shapiro his uh-huh. one of his books of like three steps to destroy uh-huh. america he talks about that mm-hmm. he references that book a ton and then he also talks about how like the democrats or obama was one of them i know that used it and he's like he basically like misquoted it and like twisted it to mean He's like, if you actually read the book, it's not at all what he was trying <laughs> to say. <laughs> and I know. So it was, that's what hit Ben Shapiro's like praise of this book was like, like, all right, I feel like I'm, I need to read this book. Apparently it's a big deal. So.
3: But it's also Ben Shapiro. So like, here we go.
0: I like Ben Shapiro. So do I.
3: He's just but very, he's very, very controlled. dry and analytical and like. Of course. Yes. That is.
0: Harvard the, Law on him. Sure, he was like. Yeah. Well, he was saying it's a good book, but it's also, like, it's an important book. Like, it's a yes. big deal. Like, if you, like, you probably should read it. I mean, there's a lot
3: of, like, 17th, yeah. 18th century philosophy books that you should read for the foundation of I know most them on the world. But mm-hmm. 900 if pages you later, start reading them, you're like, oh, okay, yeah, no, I'm not ready for this. <laughs> like, yeah.
2: It is probably one of the, you know, 100 books you should read if yeah. you really want to understand history and America's role in it. Yeah. You know.
1: Democracy of America, democracy, democracy in America, democracy yeah. in America. So we need to read that. No, <laughs> the, the abridged
2: version. All
0: right. Yeah, if we the can find a shorter can... version, I'm down. It I is like... huge. Like it is a very long, and it. I mean, I dr- I it's probably read a hun- the first hundred pages or seventy five ish hundred pages, and it
3: is. It's not history book, like, like an old school, yeah. like history book. Like that's.
2: Yeah. I like Shapiro, but his is one podcast that I have. I cannot listen to on one. Five Time. You mm-hmm, have to listen to it on regular time because he packs a so lot fast, of words so in. <laughs> yeah, Man. <he> does. <laughs> like, whoa.
0: Uh, yeah, I definitely have to pay attention. I can't play him in the background and, like, even have any idea what he's talking about. Yeah.
1: So I just realized that one of the books I read fit, uh, fit nicely with your John Wooden book. So I read The Secret, mm-hmm. second edition. That
3: sounds really familiar.
1: Not the secret that talks about um, envisioning the future that you want, right? I'm going to find the best parking spot. I'm going to find the best parking spot, right? <laughs> oh, Manifesting. That story was the worst. Right? And that is all all, have you all all read the secret? I'm Hell assuming no. everyone has.
0: I, no, you told me about that. I've heard enough about it that a, I feel I mean, like I've read it. it the, but the, the, I have It's read
1: the same thing as. Um, what was the millionaire book written back in the day? Um,
0: think see,
2: and Grow Rich. Thinking Grow not Rich. That. It is. It's the it's exact same thing. Ew, There's no it difference. It is the scratch and sniff no. version of that book.
1: Thinking Grow Rich and the secret are the exact same thing. <laughs> the Secret's just a, a lot fuzzier. They're so, not. So anyway, no. this is not that no. secret to be this, very clear. The
2: secret is is Joel Olstein to to and and and, <laughs> think and Grow Rich is Billy Graham. They're <laughs> not at all the same <laughs> thing. <laughs> I
3: have read
0: Think subject. of Grow Rich, so I'm going to stick with that one. i yeah. go with Isn't
3: Billy Graham also an evangelical? Kind of the same way thing. different form. All right,
0: anyway. He was an
1: adult. Point is, this is not that secret. <laughs> one of them is like,
0: let's all hug hands and slap <laughs> hands. We're so happy. The worst yeah, like, if you, like, if you so listen to mad. The
1: Secret like, and that author reads it, oh my
2: God. Oh, yeah? The audiobooks
0: That's the way to
1: go? Bru- no, it is horrible. Oh, don't do it. Oh. She is so just like love each other kind of Mm. like I got to turn this off (sighs) anyway point is hey this is not that secret this is the secret by Ken Blanchard and Mark Miller my business coach uh drove down to Dallas and was in my library and saw this and he pulled it off and said have you read this I said no I don't know anything about it." he said
3: stop whatever you're doing and read this book where do you get these books that you have a library full of books you have not read
1: I go to book sales
3: A lot. And you just like grab random
1: books. I've seen him do it. If it's business stuff, yeah, I just grab it. If it looks like I'm going to enjoy the title, absolutely. I'll just load up. Hmm. Okay. So anyway, I've seen him do it. He grabbed this and said, you have to read it. And I only buy um, books like
3: like, intend to read right then.
1: Oh yeah, no, I got, I got a lot on my waiting list. So the note that I made in here was read this book annually for leadership purposes. He was right. I mean, this was absolutely unbelievable. And this came up multiple times in the book. And it's just what John Wooden said is that the leader's objective is to leverage the strengths of people and make their weaknesses become irrelevant. Or in other words, in other places, he said, you know, what is the job of the boss and, or the executive? And the job is who does what, but the right people in the right places. Right. And that's the exact same thing you're talking about with Wooden. Mm -hmm. Um, And there were so many points in this book, but one of them, that really stood out to me. It kind of was a little bit of a slap in the face. I'm like, Holy crap. I hear that a lot. The note that I wrote was, if my, yeah, my, if my people are talking about how busy I am, it's a sign that they don't get enough of my time. Mm -hmm. They are telling me Mm -hmm. that they do not see me enough. They don't get enough of me. Every time they say, Oh, you're so busy. Your calendar's so full. It's them screaming. I need you.
2: Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm.
1: Totally over my head. Like I just whiffed on that. And I read that in the book. I'm like, Oh my, I put the book down. I'm like, Shit. <laughs> so, <laughs> What's it my, called? The Secret? The Secret by Ken Blanchard. Um, and there's a lot to it. Break Just breaking down what you truly should be doing as a leader, how to spend your day and your time. And um, also anecdotal, word of the day. Um, I did like Laborious, though, from Brian. That was good, too. Um, solid word. But great book. Uh, got a lot of solid principles, and I... Highly recommend it. Excellent. Make sure
0: it's What not. Great Leaders Know and Do. Huh? Ken Blanchard and Mark Miller.
1: No, oh, The Secret. This is Ken El Blanchard secreto? And Mark Miller. The
0: Secret, lo que Asin y Sabin.
1: You got the right one. Ken Blanchard and Mark Miller. What Great Leaders Know and Do. There you go. Oh, that's okay. the, the second title or whatever. That's my list here. Highly recommend also very short, easy read. You can knock it out in a few days.
0: If you make time to read. In case. And if you're listening to this, oh, oh, nobody listens to this. But yeah, if, if you
2: listen to this, you don't have to read. We've done the work for you. Yeah. <laughs> this is like reading five books in an hour. Cliff notes. Please support Long Drink, our
0: sponsor. <laughs> and us, dickheads. <laughs> 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 so so all right. So anybody got anything else? I got one more. I got all right, let's I got
2: this one is, more too. Okay. Well, this is going This is my can last ahead. one. David can this is a good one off. for me to end on. This was a fun little book uh written by someone we all know and love.
1: Did you read that? I thought when I saw the art. Look at that. Are box. you
2: serious? Yes, State Farm agent Art Brooks, he signed it by Dude, the way. We're going to get We're
1: going to get a new listener today, Stephen. I did send, not know he had send a book. The link to Art and we're going to get a new listener.
2: He has a book and it's called It's got a It's a colorful book. It's got a picture on the front of a jeep going over some looks rugged like terrain douche like
1: you yeah and it He's says a yeah sorry, very much like your jeep. art not you we're talking
2: about the jeep yeah, just, right talking yeah, just about stevens, being a douche steven's douchey jeep but uh it's your jeep that. looks awesome i love the camo it's called <laughs>
3: <laughs> <laughs> trying. I took it off. i'm trying hard. i'm trying
2: <laughs> oh it's called uh, you can follow me but it's gonna hurt an A to Z guide to uh, better living following Jesus. And it is a great uh, Jesus Christ book about just a regular guy who, you know, tries to be a godly man. And he, it's short chapters. It's a lot of personal anecdotes. Art's been on a lot of mission trips. Uh, he's uh, ministered to people in prison. He used to do this prison ministry. He's... Uh, gone overseas on mission trips. So he has a lot of really neat stories about his personal experiences of, you know, doing the best that he can uh, to follow Jesus as he understands uh, understands it yeah. and as he's tried to implement it in his life. And it's just a great read. It's really enjoyable, really down-to-earth style. Reminds me of another book I read a little bit uh, along the same lines called... The Secret. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> Not The Secret. It was called... Uh, uh, Jesus was a, uh, Jesus was an army ranger, paratrooper or something like that. Oh, I but think I've heard of that. The whole the concept too. of it was the concept of that book. And the concept of this book is, you know, forget about the Jesus you saw in Sunday school on the wall with the sheep and the children around him. You know, Jesus was a, was a bona fide badass. And if you want to follow him, you need to be prepared to be too. So very different kind of followership story than you typically hear in church or a lot of places and it's great. And it really uh, is great for men, which is its intended audience. So you can follow me, but it's going to hurt by art Brooks. Highly recommend it.
3: What is a man though?
2: Dude, I didn't. (laughs) Great question.
3: Um, anyone who identifies as a male, there we go.
2: Anybody who wants to be
0: fun. story. So I didn't know that about any, I didn't know
3: any of that. You just said fun
1: story about that book. Um, Art has been in our Coach P group and he always, he's very active. He gets on the calls and we know Art. He's he's hilarious. He's got a (laughs) lot of dry humor and he always chimes in. And, um, you know, we've got hundreds of people that chime in and they've been begging Art to write a book. It was the thing for the past year and a half. It was like, Art, write (laughs) a book. We want to see this stuff. And um, I reached out to him a while back and uh, he said, I'm actually writing a book. So we're going to have to uh, throw this out to the group and get him a bunch of sales for his book because uh, this is awesome.
0: Did I'm it just come out? Check
1: it out? Very recently, yeah.
2: Pretty recently, yeah. Okay. I got an early edition. I don't think that's the final version, but it is now for sale. Awesome. That's awesome. I didn't know that.
1: Art's full of a lot of lot of wisdom because he's been around a very he's long saying. time. He's, God, <laughs> he's
0: old as Jesus. So he's, he's older he's than... Me. <laughs> <laughs> he knew Jesus. <laughs> He was literally there. <laughs> so He's got to know a thing or two.
1: This is awesome. I'm going to cool. order
0: this tonight. Uh, great. David, what you got left, buddy?
1: So I got one more. Um, you know, as the market started to get a little bit funky, um, I bought a Bitcoin book. It's called The Bitcoin Standard by um, a guy's name I can't pronounce. Anybody want to give that one a shot?
0: Satoshi. Uh, yeah, no. Sifedian... Saifuddin Amos? Amos? That sounds good to me. Okay. I'm out.
2: So
1: um, I had heard a lot of good things about this book, and obviously, a lot of people, friends that have been into crypto, and I never got into something I could not understand whatsoever at all. Every time someone's talking about it, I'm just like, dude, I've totally lost. You so lost me. I <laughs> thought I would pick up a book and read it. And um, super, super interesting. The thing I liked most about the book was it started off with the history of money. Um, and they were trying to find the closest currency in the history of the world that could kind of match Bitcoin. Um, <clears throat> and I don't remember exactly where it was. So I just thought this was a really cool story. There was an island, a very remote island. And this was a long, long time ago. But um, they had these big boulders and they had them in the center of their town. And the boulders were the currency. And the boulders never moved but they would be assigned to people. So Nash would have a boulder, Brian would have a boulder, Stephen would have a boulder, and that was your money. So if you wanted to buy something, Nash could trade his boulder over to Brian and there was a public announcement that this boulder now belongs to Brian and Nash no longer has it. The boulder meant absolutely nothing, but they could use it, right? And that's kind of the idea behind the... Bitcoin is that you don't you don't hold it you don't have anything but is that there's a public stamp that can be seen and traced and moved around without anything tangible and there's a finite amount of it they did not have any other boulders they're on a remote island they couldn't bring other boulders in they just had what they had right until the white man came along this is where it got really interesting can't say
0: either one of those things oh, oh wait always no, always
2: blame no, you can. the white you can't man. white man can always say white the white man. Man. there were a That's
1: lot bad. of White man stories that really screwed up some (laughs) (laughs) markets. So, this one is pretty interesting. So, um, I don't remember where exactly they were from. Let's just assume Europe. I'm sure they were from England. And um, they stumbled upon the island. The The island had a ton of coconuts. The Dutch. And they wanted the coconuts. Well, they figured out what their currency was. So, they went to another place. And mined all this stone because they didn't have any more of this stone on that island. So they went and got the stone somewhere else and just started bringing it in. Tons of it. Half the civilization realized they were smart enough to realize what was going to happen to the currency and said, no, we're not doing this. We're not giving you our coconuts. You can't have them. The other half said, I'll give you some coconuts. They took the stone completely collapsed their entire economy because their boulders were no longer worth anything. And the white men took all their coconuts and <laughs> ruined their civilization. And it was just super interesting. And they, they had another interesting story. Same thing happened in Africa. They were using glass beads as currency hmm. and the Europeans came in and, but they did it slowly there mm-hmm. they were smart about it and they drug it out for decades mm-hmm. and they would bring in these glass beads that they could make for absolutely nothing and flooded the continent with these glass beads. And all of a sudden, 20 years later, there were just millions and millions of them. And they realized that their currency was no longer worth anything at all. Um, So some really just cool stories about how money made easily never ends up being worth anything at all. um, And how Bitcoin is kind of coming in and changing the game. And it is obviously going to be a long tail. And, you know, I would just, you know, this is, someone that's very pro-Bitcoin. I'm sure someone could write a book on why it's not going to work, but um, there's was, there was, there was the a lot of Reserve good in here. It. Yeah, the, you know, they can <laughs> come one. in and say some very different things. That book. But, um, it, you know, it talked me into it. I have a much better understanding of it now and ended up getting in and uh, feel much more comfortable, but just interesting read. I would recommend it. It's called The Bitcoin Standard.
2: I think the best quote I heard about Bitcoin was that Bitcoin and cryptocurrency in general is everything I don't understand about money and everything I don't understand about computers combined into one <laughs> well, thing? <laughs> like, yeah, that's kind that's of it, pretty right? Much spot
3: on. Yeah. Take my money,
2: <laughs> but I'm in. That right. Damn it, I'm in. <laughs> but, yeah, but I want some of it. Uh, the bead story you told was in this Federal Reserve book, right? Because that's really? one of their premises: is that you know ultimately the U.S. dollar will will to be destroyed as a currency, It's going to be devalued so much because of the debt point you were making. You know, you can't tax enough. You can take a hundred percent of the, revenue the income well, run, from everybody and you can't no pay so can't you, pay the debt right it,
3: it's it's not backed by anything but the trade of oil that's the only thing that backs the dollar so as soon as you take away saudi trade in oil which is happening yeah, right so and the, they're going to start going to the ruble which is going to completely devalue the like dollar.
2: russia's trying to do that yeah. right they will you can only yeah. buy russian oil in yep. rubles now yep. right big big deal so they're that's trying to get huge, away from the petrol. people don't understand
3: that like when we came off of the gold standard. The only thing that propped up the dollar was that the international trade in oil was done in the dollar, mm-hmm. and that's the only thing that holds our standard. But when we got off the gold standard, we have nothing. That a dollar is just a dollar. It's 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 a fiat currency. It's what you think that dollar is worth, and
2: which is one can of the run
3: away very very quickly.
2: Which I think is one of the interesting dichotomies of Bitcoin because Bitcoin's only worth what you think it's worth, right?
3: Well, no. Yes and no. Yeah. You have consumer confidence with that one, and that's what drives it. But that's more speculative. The problem with Bitcoin, why I don't see it becoming like a federal res- or like a federal monetary system. A, there's no tracking for it, so there's just a lot of shady shit done. And I know that's only like a small portion of the market. You'd have, have some Bitcoin nerds would tell me that I'm wrong, but you can buy sex slaves and fund international terrorism with Bitcoin. You can buy drugs. It originally like most. Cryptocurrency was used by the what the golden road at the very like mm-hmm. early days of the internet and the dark web. So you could buy whatever you wanted. And mm-hmm. it was just done in a way that I could I could have this transaction. I could put money in somewhere. You don't know who it came from. Now it goes to Steven. Steven doesn't know who it came from. We just have the exact like the pin, the key, knowing he knows that it came from me, it's done. Nobody can ever trace that transaction, other than it was a transaction.
2: And that's one of the one of the tropes that's used to defame bitcoin but you could say the same thing about the u.s dollar it's what we used to call the black market right i take a thousand dollars worth of cash down to the corner and i buy cocaine with it but nobody can trace that it money coming in and, in and, and there's no record bank of it
3: account gets flagged by the federal if States. it goes into my bank well, yeah. account correct
2: maybe i take the thousand dollars i sold these drugs for and now i go buy food correct. and i but buy any, gasoline but,
3: but at any larger so this guy top. argues
2: that that stuff is Definitely blown out of proportion
1: and it, it, can, is it can be tracked. The Silk 100%. Road stuff was such a tiny mm-hmm. amount of the actual Bitcoin market. But the issue with and it there is, is true tracking.
3: Are you going to take your salary? Who was what OBJ had his salary paid in all Bitcoin? Yeah, that's yeah. not and really true. Now it's worth $50,000. Like, of course, again, it's one of those that like it's not over till it's over. But at the same time, we all talked about it. I bought in at $5,000 for my share and it's now $20,000. I'm not taking my salary in that. That's way too, it's got to be more stable. It's got to be money
1: that you're willing to lose. Right now, it's got to be money that you're willing to spend. But you could never make it it.
3: a standard form of currency for that very reason. Oh,
1: I don't believe in that. It's just in its infancy stage.
3: But if you were to take it to the extreme, there has to be some sort of stabilization there for it to be something that you could say, okay, I know that if I get this today, it will be worth Approximately that tomorrow, and I know I realize that, that the comes dollar, with time.
1: the The more people that adopt it, which is happening, it increases the stability. Yeah, it just takes time.
3: The, if the, the right people were to invest, because right now it's you should have bought more than five thousand. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, right
2: the 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 market cap of Bitcoin. If you take all the Bitcoin, there's about there's going to be twenty million. 21 million Bitcoin, and yep. right now there's 19 million of them in existence. And if you take that times 25,000, yep. that's the market cap of Bitcoin. And it is, it's an just a infinitesimal yes. spec. And institutional money is just starting starting to pour into this thing, and it will stabilize. I mean, it's a little volatile now. Um, it's a lot volatile. It's a, now. okay, a lot volatile now. But I mean, it's like
3: a new entity right? daily, though. Like, and that's both ways. Like, but I it'll think go it'll, up, it'll go down, it'll like.
0: I think you can you can argue that it has stabilized over the last couple of years. No, oh. I remember seeing stuff oh. where it's going up a hundred and fifty percent, then it goes down sixty percent. The, goes, line, the I mean, up is and downs are as drastic. Like, it's gotten,
3: within the last five years, it's been from five thousand to sixty thousand to thirty thousand to twenty thousand to fifteen thousand to. And I mean, you're, you're talking,
2: but. Within the last Huge year, it's 25 to 60. True. I mean, True. I think
0: Stephen's point but is- 25
3: that to 60 is a- that, I'm not it's saying 300%. it's
2: stable. I'm
0: saying it's more stable. Less volatile than less it Less volatile been. than it was. Yeah. Like the swings haven't been as drastic every single day. Where before you had- I mean, I remember hearing stuff that was just like, man, I was but worth and, 50 or worth okay, but, 20 and now it's worth three. But we, three talk, but and we just, talk
3: about right now how horrible 4% inflation over a month- you have that yeah. on a daily basis they're, yeah there there's where like that that's where like that has to go down like i agree yes it is more stable but that's a very relative term when you're talking 15 20 gains in a day yeah but I it's mean, not doing that right now well no it's not now but you're still having five six eight percent swings we talk about inflation of the dollar in four, a four percent change over a month time is dr- and that is drastic that's huge there's where like you'd have to have that stability come down and be so honed in that you would have more people who are more secure taking more out of i will use this on a regular basis in a transactional sense because i'm okay with the stability of
2: it. well i don't you know the it, the early case for it from satoshi was as to use it as a transactional sense but i think
3: uh,
2: this is just me but i i think it's evolved from becoming a something seen as a currency to be used as for transactions more as a store of value
3: yeah i mean a long-term investment and i yeah, think yes. that
2: is going to be the long-term play now i just read a thing the other day though talking about the satoshi standard which is go from bitcoins to satoshis right which there's a thousand satoshis in a bitcoin because people correct. can ma- can understand that but it's right like, it's it's like like why nobody buys um but berkshire hathaway class a shares right because they 200000 dollars.
3: With that, with the blow up of crypto, now you have Ethereum, you have Ethereum Lite, you have shitcoin, Dog, coin, like, you know what I mean? Like you have you have Shibu that that like blow up, and it, it's not that those aren't, but they do take some. They delegitimize the more secure ones with a just diversification. And then of you lot. have the
2: exchanges blow up, right? Yeah. Like what happened with uh the the ones uh, a Robin few weeks, Hood. not just Robinhood, but the one. Oh, the big one that was that had the billions of dollars. Coinbase? Long, no, it wasn't Coinbase. I can't even remember the name of it right now. Um, but anyway, it was a huge player in the space, and it crashed. And um, And it's one of the big reasons crypto went down so much. People attributed to the interest rates and the stock market and all that, and I think it was more attributable to what was going on in the crypto space. But I don't know. It's going to be interesting Interesting to see, and then of course blockchain separate. I think the blockchain technology techn- is here to stay. That the technology and that's going to be a game changer. Gonna, yes,
3: that is. There's a lot of application for that in other industries. And the and question, that one's interesting,
2: the question about Bitcoin is: is it is it the AOL and the MySpace? Is it the yeah. early adopter that yeah. is popular now but gets eclipsed by something else, or is it the first iPhone that becomes still the, the next right the yeah. standard right yeah it was interesting
1: know. in this book and I'll, once again this guy's obviously pro bitcoin but dives into the crypto market um but you know he essentially says that everyone else is just a copycat yeah for sure there are other things that will come out as perks of some of the companies but at the end of time bitcoin will remain the standard because they created the system and everyone else is just copying them. So that, that's his take, is that, that they may be the AOL, but AOL will remain king in this world. Yeah.
3: It'll be whatever the porn industry adopts. <laughs> what was that, Blu-ray versus... Uh... <laughs>
0: the uh, 8... <laughs> oh, what was not 8-track, what is it, uh, uh, Betamax? HD.
2: Yeah, H- yeah. <laughs> that was VHS versus Betamax. Blu-ray yeah, yeah. was against uh, CDs.
3: Yes, DVDs and, you know, it was Blu-ray and what was the and other DVDs. one? And it, DVDs. It's, it's, it's a scene right. from Tropic Thunder where they're talking about it. It's like, well, you just really got to follow and see whichever the porn industry goes with, and that's going to be <laughs> <laughs> um,
1: it. I did see a recent uh, article that, um, awesome news, Tom Cruise is trying very hard to-, to, to do a
3: solo bring movie. Bring back oh, his yes. role
1: of, uh, what, Les- uh, what's Les his Grossman. Name? Grossman. Hmm. He wants so badly to recreate that role. like, please, God. <laughs> One of the best. I think that's cavemen. his best
3: Tom Cruise role ever. <laughs> Do
0: you ever. All right. Thanks guys. Uh, hope that was <laughs> enjoyable. Go out and pick out all these books and, um, support read them. Buddy art support. Shout out to support, art. Support to products. Support art books. <laughs> the, you can follow me, but it's going to hurt. An A to Z guide to better living, fo- or to yeah, better living following Jesus. Um, He's got large Brooks, Medicare
1: supplement bills to take care of. Art is Brooks <laughs> is B
0: R U C K S. All right, that's it for us, guys. We will come back for, and then we'll put on our Instagram that I'll actually start using again. Um, one, what book we we decide to read next. And until next time, go read something. All right, end it, drop it, send it. This has been the Beyond Our Service podcast. If you like what you heard, please subscribe, review, tell your friends all about us. This show can be found everywhere major podcasts are available. And if you'd like to reach out, please head over to beyondourservice.com and let us know what you think or find out how you can be a part of the show. See you next time.